I would spend a lot of time watching these videos, watching YouTubers do their makeup, and then I would sometimes go and try to do my own makeup, and then after failing miserably, feel bad about myself. Hi, I'm Delaney Rustin, physician and filmmaker, and your host for the Screenagers podcast, where we explore the many screen time issues our kids and teens are facing today, and how we can best parent around all of this. It's super challenging, and in my two Screenagers movies, you see me struggling a lot and learning ways to do things more effectively. And I'm still learning. Today, we're looking at influencers and advertising and our kids. This is a brand new world where regular people, people of all ages, can become stars on the internet just like that. How does it work with influencers and the brands they promote? How is this affecting our kids' self-esteem? And what's it like for them to be marketed to by these influencers? I'm happy to have as a guest someone who works with influencers as a talent manager. You know how rock stars have managers? Well, it's basically like that. My guest is a talent manager for internet talent. One of her jobs is helping them get brand sponsorship. And we'll also hear from teens on the show today. And one quick thing, my main guest doesn't want her identity disclosed. Here she is. I work in talent management, meaning we basically work day-to-day with digital clients to help them better their career. And so by digital, I mean anyone from the YouTube space to Instagram to now TikTok players are getting involved. So I asked for an example. Like, what if I'm a college student and I've been posting a ton of art and I become Instagram famous for my artwork? I call you up and what kind of things will you say to me in terms of how I might monetize this? If you're not already on YouTube, you could start doing that. If you're not on TikTok, art on TikTok is extremely popular. Maybe you could also do like some sort of coffee table book that we could help you with. And then your followers can buy it if they're interested. What's the most common creator that is out there right now? I think probably lifestyle creators. So those girls who are making those get ready with me videos or putting on their makeup or doing a vlog where they take you along on their day. Like that's the kind of content that's super easy to make relatively. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people out there like that. If a team becomes famous doing that and they call you up, then you kind of the first thing you say is, okay, we'll call L'Oreal and see if they will sponsor you so that you say, okay, I'm using this lipstick by L'Oreal and, you know, look below and that's where you can find it. Yeah. And oftentimes they'll say yes and they'll come to us with like a price and then we'll negotiate that. Um, Maybe it's just for a one-off video or maybe they want to do a really long-term partnership for the entire year. Is it to become, they, they're becoming spokespeople or is it just ads on their site? It can vary. For instance, maybe you have a year-long partnership with Walmart. You could be a spokesperson for Walmart. You might do some ads on your own YouTube channel and be like, hey, like, look at all these cool things I got from Walmart. As a part of that deal, Walmart might say, we want you to film this commercial with us and we're going to run it on our own platforms. I know it switched a while back that 
people needed to be more transparent about who was sponsoring them. But I don't know how that stands currently. So the FTC uh, has guidelines about how you need to properly disclose that a video has a sponsor. The FTC is the Federal Trade Commission. They are the government branch responsible for regulating the advertising industry. Every brand you work with is kind of going to have a different idea of what the FTC rules mean to them, and they're going to interpret them a little bit differently. So one brand might require the following. They might have to disclose within the first 30 seconds and say, this video is brought to you by Mac Cosmetics. Thank you so much, Mac, for sponsoring this video. And then on top of that, they'll have to also disclose at the very end of the video. They'll have to disclose in the description box. Another brand may require less. All they care about is you disclosing one time in the video and then also disclosing in the description box. So how does all this differ if you are a female YouTuber looking to get brands to sponsor you than if you're a male? You'll have an easier time getting brands to sponsor you if you have um, a bigger female viewership. You'll have a higher CPM on your YouTube videos. What is CPM and why do you think that's true? CPM is how much you're paid per 1,000 views. Brands in general are just trying to target women more. There's a lot more in the way of like beauty brands and, you know, shampoo brands and makeup brands and all of that stuff that wants to advertise on YouTube. And they're not going to want to advertise on a video that has 80% male viewership. My understanding, the research is that females make 80% of the purchase decisions in a home. Brands know that when younger people purchase their products, this builds brand loyalty which significantly increases the chance that the person will buy that brand in the future. So if it's a girl, when they become a woman and make all these purchasing decisions in the home, they're that much more likely to stick with that brand they know. You know what I thought was so interesting is that it originally, and I don't know when it started to become popular, of girls putting on makeup, right, like middle schoolers, and then other girls watching, and they became you know, content creators, and they still do that, right? They get dressed in the morning. This is my morning routine and whatnot. And it was not until several years later that I saw um, actresses doing this and other celebrities. And it was so clear to me that they picked that up from seeing how popular it was for teens doing it. A lot of outlets have adapted that, like Harper's Bazaar is making YouTube videos now with celebrities showing their makeup routines. People like watching a transformation. It's the same as like when you watch a transformation in a movie like The Devil Wears Prada, when she gets a full makeover and her, her wardrobe changes, people like seeing that. I never saw The Devil Wears Prada, but I do remember when Marsha Brady did the makeover on her friend. I have to confess, I really liked that episode. Makeovers, comparison to others, this can be really hard. I spoke with Manisha about this, an 11th grader who was on an earlier episode with me about TikTok. Whenever I see those makeup tutorials and, um, and I see people, like especially those before and after videos, I am tempted to go and put on makeup to feel better about myself. 
and so I would I would spend a lot of time watching these videos, watching YouTubers do their makeup, and then I would sometimes go and try try um, to do my own makeup, and then after failing miserably, feel bad about myself. I hear the same thing from other girls quite regularly. Of course, they don't always feel bad about themselves looking at these videos, but it does happen. I wanted to know what my guest, the talent manager, feels about all these types of YouTube videos. I think it can be helpful, like that girl who doesn't know how to do it and is like, you know, looking for how to learn a new skill. Um, I think it also can be, you know, toxic to a certain degree um, to constantly see these girls who have full makeup. Um, I mean, I think everyone is entitled to feel beautiful, but it's just, I think when you're a teenage girl watching that, it can have a little bit of a negative impact on your self-esteem. I appreciate her honesty. One could definitely have some conflicted feelings about doing this type of work. Certainly these less than feelings don't just come from watching influencers and ads. But there's the reality of comparing oneself to people we know. I asked Maria about this. She's an 18-year-old who was also on the past TikTok episode. Would you feel it more intensely when you're on Instagram and you see your friend looking an amazing photo? Let's just say the human brain, we compare and now and then we despair just a little bit. Just like, oh, I'm happy for her, but ooh, 100% normal, of course. Doesn't go away. And would you have that more with one of the beauty gurus or a girlfriend? When I was younger, we didn't really have friends posting stuff like that. So I think when I was younger, it was mostly the beauty gurus. But nowadays, I think it is my friends um, or just like people who I follow that are going to schools near me. If I see like a girl like looking like amazing, like I will like I'll sometimes feel like, oh, like, oh my gosh, I wish I looked like that. And I think it is more intense with people who you know or like in your circle mm -hmm. because they're so close to you that you're like, oh, well, how come they have this and I don't have that? Yeah. Here's Manisha again. Looking through Instagram, seeing really beautiful people, and then sometimes looking at my feed and deleting my own photos because I felt they're not good enough or I don't like the kind of life that I'm living in comparison. But really, I mean, Instagram pictures, they don't reflect your quality of life. And I know that, but it's it's hard to it's hard to actually recognize that. It's hard to turn off the comparing brain, right? I mean, we're 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 programmed as a species to say to want a little more. That's why we're so different now than we were 50 years ago or 100 years ago. Right. Comparing and feeling bad. I know as a mom, I have felt sad that this is a reality for my daughter and my son off screens and related to screen time, such as social media. This is definitely why we as a family have spoken over the years about one of the reasons that taking breaks off social media can help with emotional well-being. These types of conversations are really important, as well as the whole topic of all the brands promoted by influencers. I asked the talent manager, what are some of her concerns? There is a lot of advertising on YouTube, and for someone like me who knows where to look for it, I can easily spot if a video has advertisement behind it or not, but maybe the kid who's watching it 
can't make that differentiation. What's an example of that? Maybe there's a girl who's like 10 years old and she turns on a video of this girl doing a get ready with me video and she sees her putting on this L'Oreal mascara. And if you want this L'Oreal mascara, it's the best one ever. Go click my link in the description box. Um, And while it might be clear to me that it's an advertised video, she might not be able to recognize that this person's being paid to make that statement. And then it could maybe get her to buy it or, I mean, I would think just being inundated at that young age with buy, buy, buy. We had TV commercials, but it was a much less of the ads that young people are being exposed to now. Another thing I think is really different now is that so many teens tell me how they kind of feel like they actually know the YouTubers they follow. And so I'm wondering, what's the impact when our teens are being sold to by influencers that they kind of feel like they have some sort of connection to? as opposed to when I was a teen and would mainly see ads of, say, teens on JCPenney commercials or in a magazine, I didn't feel any real connection. Even now, too, like in front of a YouTube video, there can be um, an advertisement, too. So anybody is subjected to that, whether you're six years old or 56 years old, you're going to get an ad in front of your YouTube video. I think that's a really important part that, you know, I've been impressed how little as a society we've been talking about media literacy and um, marketing to young people on screens. It's not one of the big issues. And when we, when we're talking about screen time, we need to be doing more awareness. And part of the reason why having time off of screens, one of many reasons is, is important to not be sold to for all day long. Definitely. And, and if it were my kids too, if I was, if I had kids, I would definitely be limiting screen time. I just don't think that it's the most productive thing to be doing, especially in your youth. You should be outdoors, (laughs) enjoying the world, playing with your friends in a non-COVID time and not stuck on the internet watching these people who you're never going to meet. Wow. Her job is to get eyes on her talent, and she's saying take time off screens. Great for her. In fact, she tells me how she's working to limit her own screen time. So I've actually deleted... TikTok off of my phone because it just, it sucks up so much time. And at the end of the day, after I've been on it for an hour, I'm like, what did I really gain from that? I don't think I gained anything or learned anything versus on like a YouTube, I can look up how to, you know, DIY a new shower. Do you mean do it yourself, make a shower? Are you making your Yeah, I've been really into DIYs recently. I think it's just because I've been like, hold up in this house, but all I want to do is like renovate a bathroom for some reason. But there's like all of these videos showing you exactly how you can do these projects by yourself. I'm not surprised she's working to be more intentional about her screen time choices. I rarely meet a kid or adult who isn't wanting to make some changes with time on screens or choices on screens. For takeaways from today, I think talking about the ad industry and influencers is a great calm conversation to have. To also explore the ways we do feel less than at times and strategies for dealing with those thoughts and taking breaks and doing things to feel good about ourselves. Also, I've let my kids know at times when I get that comparing and less than feeling and the different ways that I counter those thoughts. To help facilitate conversations, when you go to the Screenagers Movie website, under the podcast show notes, 
You'll find specific questions that relate to this episode to help facilitate a conversation with you and youth in your life. Thanks for listening to the show. And at ScreenagersMovie.com, you can find more information and resources on what we covered today, as well as other episodes, and how you can see the Screenagers movies and sign up for my weekly blog. What topics do you want covered in this podcast? Email me at Delaney at ScreenagersMovie.com. We would love your help to spread the news of this new show. And when you subscribe and rate it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts, it truly helps people find it. And tell your friends. I want to really thank my guest, the talent manager, for being on the show, as well as Marie and Manisha. Thanks so much to Lisa Tab, my co-producer. I'm your host, Delaney Rustin, also the producer and editor of the Screenagers podcast, and I really look forward to our time together on the next episode.